Hi, everyone. Welcome to the BizDev Podcast, the podcast about developing your business. I'm David Baxter, your host, and I am joined, as always, by Gary Voigt. And I'm not going to make fun of you today, Gary. Why? Because it's our 100th episode. I appreciate this, that. My first I break. Figured your first break. It took it 99 times and 100. But I'll, I'll pick it up on 101. But that's pretty cool. 100 episodes. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I didn't think we'd last this long, got to be honest. <laughs> I didn't think enough we'd have enough audience to keep going. That's true. I think about 15 or 16, we were like, what are we going to do now? What, what, how do we do this? But I think that's when we started bringing on guests, saving us from talking. Yes, right. (laughs) So let more important people talk about us. Speaking of more important people, we have Dr. Jonica Roland with us today. How are you, ma'am? I am doing well. Honored to be here on your 100th episode. There we go. Special. So you, are well you're uh, lots of things you are the uh, a keynote speaker a business and financial consultant and a business coach is that does that pretty much sum it up well more so consultant because consultants like telling people what to do but i can coach and listen as well fair enough fair <laughs> enough i am not your dr phil i'm not your dr phil now <laughs> okay so I wanted to start us off with this. I saw this on LinkedIn, actually, and I thought it was really interesting. I actually brought it up to my team. So there is this movement. And I have I have teenagers, as I've said before. So I have seen this firsthand. But this marketer was saying, hey, in the next five years, 10 years, marketing as we know it is going to change dramatically. Why? Because Gen Z, which are people born, I believe, approximately 2000 to 2020, somewhere in between there. That generation, so they're now in their early 20s at the the high end. My My children are 17 and 15, and they're both in it. They do not like to talk on the phone at all. They have devices, right, that have a phone like functionality to them. Which is the least used part of the device. <laughs> it's never used. And it's to the point, like my children, and, and this is what the article was saying, it's to the point where they are afraid to talk to non-family or friends on the phone. Like, think about all the things that that means. Cold calling, gone. Uh, appointment setting, gone. Um, even follow-ups and those traditional things a business does is about to be completely shifted. I mean, and a lot of that already has, right? Mm-hmm. I think as, as uh, Juan from our team said, he's a millennial, he's a little older. Um, he said that I hate doing, being on the phone too. Now he will, right? Unlike my children. Mm-hmm. I mean, my children, we told, what was it? Oh, my daughter, she was applying uh, to be uh, at Chick-fil-A uh, to, to get a first job, the employee, not to own it or anything. That'd be funny. Um, she was applying to for her first job. And we we're like, why don't you just call the hiring manager? There was a question she had. And she's like, oh, what? I'm like, she's almost to tears. Like, what, what? What? What do you mean call them? That is that is crazy. I would never do that. And that is so interesting because to me, that I don't have a problem picking up the phone. But I'm old. I get that. But I thought that was really interesting. And I thought since you are you consult and you talk to people in business all the time, I thought you might have some interesting takes on that. Do you have any thoughts on that, on how business will have to adapt potentially to to work with this new paradigm that's coming in the next few years? Well, I think it's, um, I focus on social impact initiatives as well. 
Okay. Um, because I'm a doctor, not your MD, but a doctor who wants to be in your business. And so there that's how <laughs> this is how we're going to handle the conversation. Um, I believe the schools are going to have mm-hmm. to have a curriculum on how to speak on the phone. Okay. <laughs> you know, how do you speak on the phone? I know when my children um, graduated less than a decade ago, <laughs> their school, which was more a t- technological high school, required that they do a grad project before graduating. Mm-hmm. So they had to present to older people and some peers. We call them older people since you're old. I'm not old. I'm just silver. But anyway, like they, had, they had to um, speak to their peers and com- community professionals and present their grad project. Okay. So we won't get on the country narratives and whatnot, but we are in the United States of America. We have to keep up with technology, times, um, whatever is occurring now. We have to be competitive, not just against USA, but other countries. So therefore, we have to prepare our children on how to speak on the telephone and in front of people. So I your answer would be to make them learn how to, to adapt that skill. Business shouldn't adapt around the fact that they're afraid of it. Now, businesses, um, my research and what I do focusing on multicultural and multi-generational, yes, a business will have to adapt in certain cases. But does the child, does that generation want to have a lower income. If you want to have that income, we as parents, we as schools have to show our children how to market in several arenas. Um, It's not, um, they're not two years old saying, my, 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 no, no, no. It's (laughs) grow up and adapt. And since children aren't adapting, I'm not saying I raised perfect children because I wasn't a perfect parent. Um, when situations such as COVID came, the pandemic came, adults even had a hard problem. So we do not work on these aspects. It's going to cause a a mental health challenge later. And that's what I believe. Nice. So businesses and society, they have to work it together. One of the things that my daughter was, I was telling her that I had to meet someone actually later this week at a, a local brewery, they chose to uh, meet there instead of coffee. And she was like, how do you meet people that you don't know? Are you scared? Are you nervous? And I was like, no, I thought that was so interesting. Cause one, she's a very extroverted child anyway. So I thought that was like, she was like, that would make me panic. And I was like meeting people is my job. Like this is what I do most of the time is meet strangers. And it's, usually very good. It's like our meetings, you know, I've met you once before this, but most of the people who are on podcasts, I've never met before. Like this is, this is what this is. And it's just interesting. Now she is young, um, but there is, I think, and I don't, I think you're spot on with COVID. I think COVID set it back even worse. The kids of this generation do not converse and talk well in person at all. Right. It's, all virtual, all the time. And my kids in particular, they started high school in COVID. And so that very much just hit them right in the face, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think 
I think it's just really interesting. I, I, we're going to have to adapt, I think, as a society to either bring them up or to bring business to them. It's one or the other or a little bit of both. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's just really interesting. And um, what we might be facing, I had not thought of that before. Gary, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think the younger generations have a little bit more of a separation um, in social anxiety and social awkwardness. Like there are a few levels back from where when we were growing up. You know, we had telephones, but when we were growing up, we didn't have the majority of our contact being on a device. Sure. Um, I know my daughters who are both teenagers, uh, they can text their friends and their friends and have group texts for, like, and talk to everybody, you know, everything about everyone. Put two of them in the same car sitting next to each other, and they barely talk to each other. It's, yeah. it's weird. And I think it's just the comfort factor of knowing they could type, they could talk on this thing and not have to see someone's reaction in person that might, if they're afraid they're going to make a wrong impression, especially if it's in the case of where your daughter calling a hiring manager at a job she wanted, she's probably too worried about how she's going to come off to that person or, or what that sure. person might have expect to hear from her if she doesn't feel as though she's professional enough. But I think it's just that extra layer of social, I, I don't think it's a, it's not something that can't be learned. Like you said, it's just another skill that they have to develop. Just like we learned how to write resumes. You know, I think they're just going to have to learn how to be more socially available and outgoing over a phone when necessary. It's causing them to be more adaptable. Whatever environment you're in, you have to adapt. You know, that's, that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. They are wanting a job. Now, it's different when someone's trying to sell you something to get your money. They need to go through a bunch of loops. But when you're wanting a job and you're wanting top pay, you have to be marketable. You have to adapt. You know, when I met you, I wouldn't have met you if I didn't walk over to you and say, hey, I enjoy your presentation, right? It's not as if you sure, came across absolutely. the room looking for me, but I wasn't—I wasn't expecting a podcast or anything. I just wanted to be <laughs> your brain because I was intrigued. I have a son in the tech field, and then I have one who works for a major athletic corporation. But they had to—one's um, an introvert, one's an extrovert. I never knew any of my children were introverts until my older son told me. Okay. So it's up to the company to make sure they are marketable. They want the top candidates. Yes, they do have to adjust some. But just as in a marriage, we have to have somewhere where we're going to compromise. You don't get married and then stop courting each other, as people would say. Hopefully, I'm not dating myself. But um, mm -hmm. adapt being adaptable is very well, I think important. Just as the athletes... When they learn in sports, um, they're in the pros. Um, everyone had to learn how not to speak with the slang that they will speak with their fellow, you know, teammates. That's that's just the way we have to do it. We have to get those, take those communication courses, speaking courses in college. But what were you saying, David? This is your show. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, absolutely not. No, I am. I am <laughs> the least important person here. Well, that's not true. Gary is here as well. Uh, but I think what you said is really important. I think it's, it comes down to leverage, right? If I am selling you something 
I will come to you. So I will not make you call me. Like in that, to me, okay, that means cold calls are going to change because they know that no one's answering that phone, right? When Gen Z starts opening their own companies and starts running businesses, they know if I call them, no one's answering that phone. It's just what they're, so I've got to adapt to them. I think that shift has already been in place for a few years now. Cause I mean, even your phone, your devices will not, even yeah, spam. They won't filter out yeah, like the spam no, calls right. and stuff like that. So I think the cold calling part of sales is probably already on its way out pretty far. I think the interaction with more of um, inter inside the business, or if you're calling, like you said, your boss or someone else that you have to speak to within the business or something, that's probably going to be a little bit more prevalent than a, than a, a call for marketing because marketing right now is all geared for mobile devices, mm -hmm. especially for that generation. All the products they are interested in buying, they're seeing on their phone anyway. But if you're if you're a small business owner, which is the audience that we're speaking to right now, this is something you got to pay attention to because yeah. your marketing efforts that you're doing now are not going to work in a few years. Mm -hmm. And you need to see that shift and adapt to it earlier rather than later. And you see some people doing that, but then what they're relying on is, again, old technology because the people who are running it are old. They're my age, right? I'm 45. And... Uh-oh, you're older than me. No, no, you're not. That's fair. <laughs> Gary's older than both of us. Don't worry about it. And, uh, but I just, they'll go to email is my point. You know, they're, if I'm a 45-year-old businessman and phone's not working, then what am I going to do? Well, the only things I know are older tech as well. I'm not going to go make a TikTok video. Even though I'm selling something maybe to a 25-year-old, they're on TikTok, dude. You got to be where they are. Not as much as I hate TikTok, don't get me wrong, but- that's where they are. That's where your audience is. And that's true. It's been true, you know, Facebook and walk down through the years, all the different social medias that have uh, come up and down. But it, it's interesting. I like the idea of leverage. If your boss wants to talk to you, you're not texting your boss. You're no. going to go into their office because they have all the leverage, right? Mm -hmm. They have the leverage. If you are selling something, I'm coming to you. So now I'm not going to reach out to you. So if you're a smaller business owner, just, just start thinking about that because we are in the middle of a change. I think millennials started it because they're more hesitant and i think gen z are just going to crush it because they just mm -hmm. won't do it and we won't make this video but you know the what the movie stars are on strike right <laughs> Walk yeah. out and stuff because they are upset um and and ai is coming into play okay so hey gen z if you don't want to be in competition with ai you better learn to speak and then there was a Harvard professor who was saying people can't even fill out the applications now because they've been busy texting. So do you want the money or not, Gen Z? If you want the money, you need to go watch the YouTube and the companies who really want the top talent if they can't speak. Um, are you going to bend a little bit and teach them? Because it is a company's corporate social responsibility to take care of the environment, take care of the employees. But Gen Z, X, Y, Z, you got to get in the door first. So what you think about that? Getting in Man, the door. I, you got to get your foot in the door. Your foot is not even in the door and you, you want to text the manager or email them. <laughs> Don't. Yes. I'm not sure if this is business related, but I think it's funny. You were talking about texting. So I learned maybe a year or so ago so I, when I text, I text in full sentences. 
My mother was an English major. My wife was an English major. I have been beaten down and, uh, and I write correctly. I think and, I know where you're going with this. I'm just they, waiting they to raised, hear you. They raised you well. They raised you well. So I will text full sentences, including punctuation. I will put in a period at the end of my sentences and to my That's children, aggressive. I am being super aggressive. Yes, you're a hundred percent angry, which yep. is mind blowing to me. Like, why are you mad at me? Like if I say, okay, period, dude, I might as well just lit them on fire. I don't just use all caps. So oh, well, I know better than that, but it is so interesting how that generation is changed. So I'm curious how that will, and, and there's no way to answer this, but I'm curious how, if I've grown up only on the device and I now have to write full sentences in a email, yeah. I'm sorry, in a business fashion, whatever that is, if that's on Slack or whatever, I'm, I need to speak to my boss. Do they have that skill set? I don't know. I'm, my children can write, they have the worst handwriting known to man because they picked up a pen like six times their whole life. But uh, it's just interesting. It, it's just, I don't want to beat this dead horse. I, I just found that whole thing really fascinating. Communication itself is evolving. That's it. Mm-hmm. I thought of something. You know, if they don't want to type it because they're tired, they can voice text it. But then you better make sure none of those um, other words get in there. <laughs> those voice words. And you can do it on your um, laptop and desktop. Now just hit the button, let it do the talking, proofread, then put it on your Google Doc. And um, let it go ahead and do the grammar and the spell check, then cut and paste and put it in the email. But once you're in the company, you're going to have the Slack and the other communication channels anyway. So, of course, they sure. want to expect some of that to be shorthand. Some, but I don't, none of my team, and we're, again, we're all remote and we live on Slack. That is our oxygen. We still write pretty full sentences. I don't, there's not a lot of, it's not texting. It's not, you know, abbreviations, except for, LOL, as you'll see that every once in a while, but it's yeah. pretty formal communication in, in a casual manner, if that can be done. So you're saying your team, even though you're on Slack, they don't Slack. <laughs> they, I mean, we use emojis and we send, we send GIFs, but we, GIF. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is that, but that could, is that my fault? I just realized that. I mean, I've, I know that the top down is how your culture is built and I've, I write complete sentences. So did I create that on accident? Your team is communicating. Your team is almost like your sales team. They're communicating with customers and all too, right? So yeah, but there's definitely a difference. You know, I think with any team, um, even with like our kids, there's a difference between when you're communicating on a peer-to-peer level or when you're sure. communicating to like client-facing or business-facing. Definitely, you know, you're, you know, to say metaphorically putting your suit and tie on while you're communicating with the businesses and the, and the customers, you're a little bit more casual with, you know, fellow employees and stuff. So, so, so you're saying that David's team is afraid to um, not write proper sentences. <laughs> well, I, we do. I'm wondering if on accident I did that, if I created that on without even realizing it, I don't know. It's just one of those things you never realize it. Um, well, I'm a little bit younger than you are, so we went from typewriting to computers to BlackBerry, and we went through a whole different transition of communicating. Right, dial sure. up telephone. I don't know if you were born. I had one of those. 
Well, when I was little, when I was little. Yes, well, see, I was an adult when we had dial up. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, we had to learn, we had to adapt, we had to keep up with the times. And 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 you have your different generations. You know that baby boomer generation. I want Johnny and Jill to have what I didn't have, you know. So we we uh, and then you got the generation after. So we're raising um, people who think they're entitled. However, at the end of the day, for a business, a small business, um, they can help or they can't help. How much help can they do to stay in business? So. Um, at the end of the day, the bottom line is to make money and not raise Generation Z, right? The, the small business owner is not the parent. So we have to communicate. I want to take a hard turn because we I don't want to run out of time without talking more about you and what you do. I, I, as much as I'm enjoying this, I want to know what is it you do? What do you provide businesses when you're talking to them, when you're consulting with them? What is what is your bailiwick? Okay, so I'm a business and financial consultant. I started out with benefits back in 2005. Saw small business owners struggling. Um, I was an aspiring sociologist, but now I'm a doctor of business. And I believe that business, society, um, social impact, social responsibility is all of what we need to do to have sustainable companies, to have a sustainable society, to have a sustainable household. So I get into your personal and professional business because um, the only way to balance out the two is to be sure about your direction. How are you going to map out the plan? And at the end of the day, we have to have strategy and not just talk about it. Implementation is what we need to do. Everyone has some gap in their company that needs to be filled, okay? The business owner can't do it all. They're trying to do it all, but then something um, will go slacking and lacking. And at the end of the day, they're losing their passion, and their passion is the reason why they're in business. So I'm here to help that business operate and let them know that, hi there, uh, you might like bookkeeping, but that's not why you're in business. If it's going to take you 20 hours to do bookkeeping and five hours for someone else to do it, you need to pay that individual five hours so you can stop losing your focus, losing your vision. So keeping that vision, keeping that mission up front is what I help individuals do. And then on the benefits and financial side, I help individuals focus on that. Because at the end of the day, if there's a disability, if someone dies in that company and they were the key person of that company, um, will you go out of business? Hopefully you won't go out of business because you made a financial plan. You had benefits, disability insurance. You had overhead disability insurance. So you have disability insurance for your household overhead expense, disability insurance for your business. If someone was to pass away, you have insurance for that so that you can replace that person or buy the, or buy the business from the family who inherited that portion of business so that you can stay in business. 
If you break leg, become incapacitated. Instead of draining your financial resources, you're strategically in place to use your benefits so that you will have retirement later and wealth later. So at the end of the day, um, what is your legacy? Do you want to be a business that has failed or a business that can thrive and be passed on to the next generation or a business where you can retire from? We have to think about the vision. Um, with the pandemic, we're so focused on the now that we forget that we are going to LIDE. Um, if you hadn't looked at medical technology, I, I think some people are living longer, no matter how much they say people are dying early, there's still people living longer, right? And those are the people who are going to need money later. So we're focused on, on the money and we're focusing on the sustainability and longevity of the business by filling in gaps and loopholes and making sure there are no leaks so that the business can be sustainable. Typically, what kind of companies do you work with? Are they small to mid-range companies? Are they large companies? Or do you prefer more of like the, the newer companies that need the assistance more? Or do you also like to do like the consulting for some of the larger companies that might just want to freshen up and, and take another look at their plan and their vision? Yes, I, I like startups. I do like startups. But the small to medium-sized business that are functional are the companies that will pay you. Okay. And then I um, do have the capacity to work with larger corporations. But um, as my social responsibility, corporate social responsibility, I will look at the individual company, assess what the need is to see if it's something that I can take on as a consultant. If not, I have a large enough network to refer them to who they need to be with. Now I have David, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm so, not sure that's an improvement, but all right. That's a, look, it's so great to meet you, David. But um, we do have to get out of that fear of um, holding on to a company or individual so tightly so that we can have generated revenue from them. We have to overcome that fear and not be afraid to let go. Because we, we just can't be an expert in everything. Yeah, that seems to be a common thread that we come across on this podcast. Um, the, right. the Sometimes it's harder for CEOs or, or entrepreneurs or the founders to actually give up some of those responsibilities and not, you know, feel as though they need to be responsible for all of them. Sometimes, you know. They just love being able to give them away and it's the best thing for them and for the company because like you said, they get to focus back on the vision and the passion instead of wasting their time trying to figure out bookkeeping and, you know, compliance, HR, any kind of other weird thing that takes up their time. So would you have like three pieces of advice for a new startup or a, an entrepreneur, or a new business coming in? Yes, my um, first advice is to focus on the vision and the mission. Um, before you bootstrap, drain all your funds, make sure you're not trying to start a hobby. Make sure you're actually going to start a business to meet a need. Because if you're not meeting a need, you will not have any customers, okay? And True. then the be silent. Have a sound foundation for financial needs. 
um, get those benefits. And I say get them. Just as somebody was in a corporation, they will have different types of benefits offered. You as an individual owner, go ahead and purchase your benefits so that you will not be homeless later because of an illness or medical needs. Purchase those benefits so that you can keep a savings. And do not be afraid to invent the will, but don't reinvent the will. Um, there's a, a, there are a lot of businesses out there that are thriving and surviving. Um, if you need a researcher, I'm your researcher because we learn about those businesses and how they're surviving. So if you're going to do market entry, do your research to make sure there's room for you to enter the market, okay? Um, some areas are saturated, some aren't. But you won't know until you do the research. The research has to be done. What's making a business survive? You know, what, what technique, techniques are they using? What's keeping them sustainable? What yeah. were their weaknesses? You get all the way back to the old SWAT, your strength, your weakness, your opportunity, and your threats. If you're not able to do that, we can say business plan all day. But if you do not know your strong points about yourself, um, and when the lights are turned off or you forget to pay a phone bill, um, or death happens, you know, I lost my father and brother 60 days apart in 2018. If I didn't have a strong foundation, if I wasn't taking care of my health, I don't know how I would survive. Losing a father and a brother sixty days apart. Thank you, thank you. And so we we can talk all day as a coach or a consultant, but when you live a lot of it, you're able to really help others. So, if any of these small businesses do want to get in touch with you and learn a little bit more, or just get some of your advice, how could they reach out and get a hold of you? I have LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All right. And then email, text, All right. telephone. You can call me. I'll pick it up. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> Give me a ring. Call. That's what they used to say. Give me a ring. <laughs> hey, Gary, if people want to talk to us, how would they get in touch with us? Don't call us. That's intrusive. If, no, if I don't have want any questions. Me. <laughs> if you have any questions or comments, you can leave them below this video or you can email us at hello at the big net can also reach out on any one of our social media channels as well. And they will respond. Yes. That's right. You got a witness. You got a witness. Some way or another. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jonna, for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so happy to be on your 100th episode. Yeah, thank you to everybody who has ever listened to any one of these. We're yeah, still going I'm sorry. past the 100. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you anyway. Or just... Play it in the background, real low. Just you know, you don't even really have to listen. Just keep our numbers up. We just want to the dulcet tones and leave us a review. All right, all right, everybody. We're out of this hundredth episode. We're out. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. See you, young people. Say peace. (laughs) Thank you.